Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverines uh, Wolverines video shows, content, whatever you want to call it, here on Thursday, April 20th. We are without Clayton Safey this week as he takes a much-needed and well-deserved uh, vacation. That guy is, is an absolute machine, so uh, sending good thoughts, good vibes to him as he uh, unplugs for a bit. Anthony Broom here with Chris Ballas as we are every week uh, here on Thursday. A lot to talk about today. Be a little bit of a quicker show, though, than usual. We're going to talk about... Uh, Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter was on the In the Trenches podcast this week. A couple talking points to come out of that. Uh, Papa Conte is no longer going to be with the Michigan basketball program. He uh, requests his release from his national letter of intent. We'll hit on that as well. And also the latest on what's going on in the transfer portal. But before I welcome in my co-host Chris Ballas, I want to talk about our friends over at My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while working with your current job? Do you want to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Our friend Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. We met with him a little bit ago, a couple weeks back to get to know him and his business and uh, he's been a, a wonderful, wonderful ally to us here at the Wolverine. So his services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. So you can reach out to him over at www.myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, his phone number is 404-973-9901. You can email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Book time with him on his calendar. So, uh, yes, shout out to our friends over there, sponsors of our Thursday show. Uh, Chris, a, a little bit to get here uh, with Jess, to the Jesse Minter uh, podcast that he did earlier this week. Um, you know, topics covered were the number two cornerback battle, uh, some of the depth at linebacker, just looking at some of the stories that you wrote. But, you know, I want to start at with this number two cornerback job. Uh, we know that Will Johnson is going to be on one side and the other, it's still up for grabs. The transfer portal window is open. Maybe they look to go uh, with someone there. But, you know, right now you've got, a plethora of guys uh, in the play in play for that job. You have Amori and Walker, you have uh, Jada McBurrows, you have Miles Pollard. Uh, Jesse Minter was very complimentary of Jair Hill this week. So, um, you know, what were you, some of your takeaways when it comes to you know before just what Minter had to say? How would you sum up where this thing stands right now, heading into you know the rest of the off season? Yeah, we just saw Rayshon Benny on there, Michigan defensive tackle. He is not in line for the second corner spot. But I will say this, that kid is going to play. Uh, he's one of the most improved players in the spring from some of the people that we've talked to for the football preview. So uh, here's a shout-out to Rayshon Benny for his improvement. Jaden McBurrows, uh, a guy that they really like who has come a long way. Um, Amorian Walker has work to do. I, I think a lot of people were disappointed, but what Jesse Minner said on the podcast, he said, you know what? I think it was probably good for him. You know what? He's been getting hyped up and you improve and you learn 
through adversity, and there was some out there. Peyton O'Leary really did a nice job on him. Uh, I wouldn't say exposing him, but um, you could tell that uh, basically what Roman Wilson and the other receivers said about Amorian Walker is he's a freak athlete, but he's still raw. So he's still got some work to do. Like McBurrows, I think Jair Hill is going to be a star. And I think, uh, I don't know that it's going to happen. Like Jesse Minter said, he's probably not going to follow the same trajectory that Will Johnson followed last year, but he is going to get there. And it wouldn't surprise me by the end of the year, if he was in the rotation as heavily as just about any of those second corners. So uh, those, but there's all, all spur, all summer. Uh, you still got April and May to, to work that thing out. And uh, along with the entire summer and then fall camp. So uh, McBurrows is a guy who was really, earning praise when he first got here before he blew out his knee too. So the more confident he gets on that knee, the better he's going to get as well. There are bodies there. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they brought somebody else in in the portal as well, but I don't think they're real scared about going into the fall with the guys that they have on the roster. Yeah. I want to stay with the Maureen Walker for a second. Cause I think that's something that Jesse Minner hit on and, and I'll, um, you know, I'll read, I'll read his quote here. I lost it for a second though. Um, Basically says, uh, I think he might not like me saying this, but I think one of the best things that happened to him was the spring game, going through a little bit of adversity, having guys make plays. The toughest part about being an elite corner, and I've always been a DB guy, he says, is really the mental side of it, the down-after-down locked-in mindset that it takes to be an elite corner because in a game of 70 plays, they might throw the ball at your guy at your guy six times. And if you're relaxed on one of those, it can lead to a bad play. And if you don't handle the bad play and it leads to another bad play, that's where the snowball effect occurs. And I think, you know, it, regardless of, you know, the biggest story of the spring game was the fact that he kind of, you know, he got cooked by Peyton O'Leary, who's another guy that um, we've heard good things about. Uh, you know, obviously he had the huge spring game. I think it was six catches, 126 yards in that uh, exhibition. But uh, he was kind of giving Amorian Walker the business in that game. And I think, you know, so often when you have guys that have, you know, bad showings like this, you know, it's, it's not, you can't really hone in on the performance. It's always the most important thing is what happens next on the next down, the next rep on the next practice, you know, the next game you play. So, um, you know, a lot of those things, you know, they've been hyping him up all off season as a guy that has all of the requisite traits uh, to be you know, a, a potential unicorn at that position, the size, the length, the athleticism. But I think the mentality and the makeup uh, to me and we haven't heard anything otherwise that he's you know not cut out for this. But I think, Chris, when you look at his development, that's where it goes from here. It's it's building on the good plays and kind of compartmentalizing the bad ones. Right. And Peyton O'Leary is not some scrub, folks. This kid is earning – he earned a scholarship for a reason. He's an incredible athlete. Uh, he's not the fastest guy, but he's working on his speed. He's a guy who can contribute and will contribute this fall. We'll see how much, right? It depends on what some of the guys behind him do and how much he continues to improve, but he feels like he belongs here, and they do too. Uh, you know, we'd heard and we wrote in, inside the fort that, you know, he's probably number three on the receiver depth chart coming out of the spring. So um, he'll, uh, both of them will continue to improve, and Amorian Walker's just getting started here. So there's no question he's got the hips for it. Uh, there's no question he's athletic enough to do it, but it's all about being a football player, and we're going to find out if that's who he is, and uh, he's going to get every opportunity to prove that. So, But I like his mentality. Uh, he d isn't afraid. You know, uh, He comes out there, and he, he puts plays behind him. He might get beat again, but uh, in time, I think you're going to see him 
be a, a significant part of that rotation. So uh, Will Will Johnson, as Jesse Minner said, started the first game with a, a ball thrown over his head last year, and then he continued to improve. Uh, Morgan Walker certainly has that kind of athleticism. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Will Johnson, but he's got the athleticism to be a really good corner. Yeah, and something I like about the way that they've kind of formed and reshaped this cornerback room is that they're finding these guys that are 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", that can run with some of these wide receivers too. You know, when you play a team against or play a team like Ohio State and they're going to roll out, you know, three NFL caliber wide receivers that are all lengthy, they're all good route runners, um, maybe not as physical uh, as, as Michigan's defensive backs have been with them the last few years. But I like the way that they've kind of, you know, outside of Jaden McBurrows, who no, he's on the smaller side at 5'11", but I think what we've seen from him in just the brief glimpses we've got is that, you know, he's not afraid to come up and 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 lay a big hit on you. You know, he's a willing tackler. That's important. I mean, uh, DJ Turner might be a first-round pick, but there are a couple plays last year where he arm tackles or he kind of gets juked one way, and, um, you know, there's, those are game-changing plays. So I'd like, I'd like that there is a physicality about uh, a guy like McBurrows and these guys too, so... Uh, I guess as we transition out of uh, out of spring football, um, you know, I haven't seen anyone in the portal so far that has kind of popped out to me as hey, maybe they should go get this guy. But you know, if you're you're sitting there, you're Steve Klingscale, you're Jesse Minner, you're Jim Harbaugh. Do you think you have enough on this roster to just let them keep competing and see what happens? Now, it it helps that you're going to have Will Johnson that can lock down guys on the other side. You've got an experienced group of safeties and Mike Sainer still who. Uh, seems like he can do a little bit of everything. Do you think there's enough there that you can plow forward with what they have? I do. Uh, if, but if there's somebody there that can make a difference, then I think you get them. Uh, there's a kid from Oregon, I think, that's in the portal. There are going to be other guys that hit, that hit the portal. Um, and these guys have, like Chris Partridge, has ties everywhere, right? So um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I haven't heard a name of a, of a kid coming in yet. Uh, we will keep our ears to the ground on that. But I do think it's possible. And if there are areas that they're looking, we talked about it before, it's kicker and cornerback. So they got all the offensive linemen they need. Uh, I was talking to Sharon Moore for the football preview. I can't wait till people read the football preview this year to hear how stacked that room is. Uh, we know they're going to be well coached. Same with the cornerbacks. Steve Klinkscale is an absolute stud. So I have confidence that he's going to get the best out of that group. We've seen it from him. We've gone into years before where we were questioning things. Okay, Jamon Green and DJ Turner, oh boy, you know, and it's going to be a little nerve-wracking, and those guys stepped up. So uh, with with a guy like Will Johnson on the other side, I think that's going to be huge when he can take away half the field like that. So, And uh, that's going to help. They, they can roll some help over there, and it might be Mike Sainer still who plays some corner, a little bit more corner than nickel. Uh, they've hinted to that and spoken to that, and we've heard about that all spring. So I think they're going to be just fine either way. Yeah, versatility is key. It's going to help them in a lot of areas, especially on that back end. But let's move up a level of the defense to the linebackers. I thought a lot of what Minter had to say about them, uh, that group was interesting as well. And namely, uh, you know, kind of being upfront about saying last year the depth was kind of a weakness for them. Uh, he says it probably came up, it probably came back to bite us late in the year. Those guys got a little bit banged up. I don't think we were full strength that we needed to be. So I'm excited, really excited to be able to play and roll guys in there a little bit more. We'll take a few snaps off the top couple and see if we can't play really, really well at that position. Now you've got Chris Partridge in there now, who is uh, a new face, but a familiar face. Um, I think that the depth is obviously improved there. I mean, Jimmy, uh, another year forward for Jimmy Rolder. Nikai Hill Green is back and healthy. Um, 
I don't think anyone's been higher on Ernest Hausman, Chris, than you have. I mean, uh, and you add that to, you know, Michael Barrett and, and junior Colson, who is an all big 10 caliber linebacker. I think there's even more to unlock there all of a sudden now. I mean, we've, I feel like we've done this exercise a few times where you look through this roster and um, you're just, I'll stop short of saying loaded. You have a lot of guys that can compete for playing time. Uh, and at linebacker, I think, uh, you know, I like the idea of what Minter said that you can kind of roll back some of those guys and rotate a little bit more. Cause as we've seen with their pass rush over the years, when you take a couple snaps away from one guy and get fresher legs in there, it just, it just lifts the the tide of the entire defense. Yeah. And I'll call it loaded. I'll tell you what, Michael Barrett's had some two great games against Ohio state and he's got a wealth of, of knowledge and experience. Ernest Hausman is going to be pushing him. Junior Colson is a guy who can take over games. And that's exactly what Jesse Minter said. And he's going to take that next step, I think, in in the fall, especially now that he's got some help, right? He was playing way too many snaps last year, and it wore him down by the end of the year. And that's exactly what Minter said. So I like this core a lot. Nakai Hill Green has got some work to do still to get back to being the football player that he was before his injury. But he's again, he's got several months to go before we get to the season. So four guys right there that you feel really confident in. And then you're looking for that fifth guy, whether it's Rolder or somebody else, Jadon Hood. So uh, I like where they are. And to me, the, there, there are no question marks at linebacker. There are no question marks on the defensive line, defensive end. Really, the only question mark I have is that other corner position. And getting Chris Partridge back, I can't say it enough, and I, I'll say it again, uh, what a, an addition that is to that room. I've always thought extremely highly of him. We always knew that he was going to be a coordinator, went and tested it out at, at Mississippi, and now he's back as the linebackers coach here. These guys are in great shape. I love Ernest Hausman. I've been saying it. I've been watching this film. I've been watching, uh, talking to people about him for, for months. This kid is going to be a star at Michigan. Uh, mark it down. And uh, to me, that's the most exciting part is that this linebacker core that was kind of thin last year. Now they're deep. Let's see what they can do with a little bit of rest. When you look at the guys that are in this linebacker group, I mean, Junior Colson, obviously proven commodity, Ernest Hausman, like you just spoke of, um, you know, would he be the guy that you're maybe pushing all the chips in on this guy by the end of the season is one of the top, maybe let's just say maybe a top five player on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Colson for sure. Um, Hausman, I'm not ready to go that far yet. You know, he's just a sophomore, but he's got such great instincts. Every time, every time you watch him play uh, and I went back and watched Nebraska's games, I watched the Michigan Nebraska game at the big house. I watched the spring game again. He is around the ball and that is something that's innate. That is something that you don't teach. That's just, okay, this guy makes plays. He's a playmaker, and that's what I love about him. So Junior Colson, though, has the size and the speed to be an elite linebacker. And like Minter said, a guy who can take over games, sideline to sideline. And I think you're going to see that from him. So um, to me, those are the elite athletes that help you beat the Georges, that help you beat the Alabamas, that allow you to hang with them anyway. Uh, and that's really the last thing this team has to prove, right, Anthony, is that they've got to go out and win that semifinal game, get to the championship game, because they've proven now they can beat Ohio State. They'll be favored to do it for a third time again. So these are the types of athletes that you need, though, and they've got them. If you go right down the list, you look at the D-line, you look at the linebackers, now you look at the corners, you look at the safeties with Rod Moore. They've got them in every position, in my opinion, to get the job done. I think something I like, uh, not just at linebacker, but on this defense in general, is that over the last couple of years, I mean, you've gone from having a group of guys that are like that 2021 defense, extremely well coached. Obviously, you had Aiden Hutchinson, 
number two pick in the draft. You had a first round pick uh, in Dax Hill in the secondary. David Ojabo should have been a first round pick. Um, those guys were those guys were disruptors. They're incredible athletes, guys that change games on their own. And last year, a little bit less of that. But when I look at this year's roster, I see. You know, I, I don't know that I could be bold enough to call anyone a, a future first round pick, but um, the athleticism, the physicality, the mentality, I think all those boxes are there for them. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, when you go up against a Georgia or an Alabama or even even a TCU, I mean, they have a lot of guys. You look at all these mock drafts, they've got players up and down the board um, that made a lot of pl- big plays in that college football playoff game. So, you know, you need – Uh, You need more disruptors on defense. I I think that they have the ingredients at linebacker to be that. Uh, It was interesting, you know, Junior Colson's freshman year, you know, they were kind of just, it it was similar to Will Johnson where they just kind of work him in, work him in. And then by the end of the year, he's one of your more important defensive players. But uh, last year I felt like maybe there's a little bit too much on his plate. So maybe you take a, a, you know, five snaps a game off of his plate and that makes a difference or take a couple different responsibilities and it just, you know, the, the versatility, the the chess pieces they have with all those guys back there. I think that, uh, I mean, I think that last year, Jesse Minter showed that he was Jim Harbaugh's best defensive coordinator easily. I think he has more tools to work with this year. I think they're deeper this year. And I wouldn't, you know, I have no issue saying it right now. Coming into the season, I think this has a chance to be maybe the best Michigan defense that we've ever seen. I think, yeah, one of them anyway, um, and there are some good ones, 1997, 1985, well before your time, but but they play so well together, and that's the best part about it is that they are, it's like Jim Harbaugh says, you build the wall, you know, that's what defense is, you build the wall up front, and then guys know their positions and know each other so well that they react, and they did it so well last year, and now they've got even better pieces, in my opinion. If you look at Derek Moore, uh, he's going to be a star. Uh, Josiah Stewart, I think, is going to be make be a, an unbelievable playmaker for this team and speaking to people. So uh, the defensive line, the interior defensive line will probably be the the in terms of depth and talent, the best that, that we I've seen in Michigan in my you know forty some years covering the team. So or, or following the team, uh, and that's saying something. I mean, we're talking talents here that have first round ability and guys like Mason Graham, who Mike Elston would probably say was the best freshman defensive tackle that he ever coached and he's certainly the best that i've ever seen at michigan so um it, you put it all together right and you get the selflessness that it takes to play good football and you've got something special and extremely well coached uh, they've got guys on that defense that could be head coaches right now or uh, or defensive coordinators if you look at clink scale you look at uh, mike elston and those guys so to me uh, that's extremely exciting as a guy who loves defense and you know who will take man ball on offense any day of the week you've got that you've got that uh, chemistry there and the um, camaraderie on both sides of the ball that's going to really bring out the best in one another and win play winning football it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch a lot of lead up a lot of uh you know we'll start prepping for our football preview soon i think that mag is talk about a loaded already have man (laughs) <laughs> We're already, doing already underway. It's crazy and it's great. I, it's going to be a good one, folks. We'll give you some details on how to order, but it's going to be one of the best football previews that we've ever done. Yeah, I guess just to wrap on football. I mean, when you look at this, you know, this year feels like, and we'll probably talk about this numerous times, you know, in the lead up to the year. But to me, you know, how I view this year is, it feels like the third part of a three-part trilogy. Like this is where this little, and again, I'm not saying this window closes after this year, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like 
you know, everything that was set up in 2021 and, and continued on into last year, it feels like it all is building to this. And again, I, I'm not going to, I can't sit here and call national title, right? I can't call it that type of season, but um, I'm excited for, you know, it, it feels like it just keeps building on itself. And that's what the good programs do and what the elite programs do. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's transition into basketball now. Um, usually when the show takes a bit of a, a, a somber note, uh, hmm. though it's been hit or miss the last couple last couple of weeks. It's been a busy, uh, busy, busy offseason so far. Guys leaving for the transfer portal. Guys coming via the transfer portal. Guys, um, again, the roster isn't final until everyone's signed, sealed, and delivered. So a lot of moving parts still. Um, an example of that, even when you are signed, sealed, and delivered, um, there are ways that it can go south and another kind of blow. I won't call it a blow. I don't know how big of a loss this is, but um, you know, earlier this week, a four-star center signee Papa Conte request his release from the university, uh, from his national letter of intent. Uh, this took place on Tuesday afternoon. I uh, just said a, after a lot of thought and conversations with my family, I have decided to request a release from my NLI to the University of Michigan. Thank you to the coaching staff and Michigan fans for their interest in me. Thank you to all my supporters, friends, family for continuing to show me love. Uh, Conte was a six foot 10 forward, seven foot four wingspan. Uh, he was the number 57 overall player in the 2023 recruiting class and Michigan's highest rated signee. Now it's just George Washington, the third. So um, all of a sudden, uh, again, another spot, another scholarship spot opens for a guy that uh, you know, there had been rumblings that he would ultimately not be with the program over the last few weeks, but you kind of let processes like that play themselves out. But um, again, more movement, another spot open now, you know, unless Hunter Dickinson pulls a complete 180 and comes back to Michigan, which I don't think either of us see happening. Uh, you need a center or a big man that can uh, play a little bit of forward, a little bit of center to pair with Terrace Reed. Uh, but Chris, I mean, your, your thoughts on Papa Conte deciding to go elsewhere and, um, uh, any potential insight on what led to that? Yeah, I think it was a test score thing. Um, maybe, uh, like I, I think somebody mentioned the TOEFL, um, you know, which is, uh, uh, something for, uh, it's, it's a, it's a different kind of test. So, and it sounds like, uh, he wasn't going to get there. wasn't going to take it again. Um, so rather than prepare for that, I decided to go elsewhere and uh, we wish him the best. He really is a good kid from what we understand. So, and I do think, you know what, uh, he's a talent. Uh, I think he was a top 40 guy in a lot of, uh, in a lot of areas. So, but I think he was also a project. So, uh, if you can go into the portal and get a junior or a senior, you know, and they're looking at guys like, um, Olivier Kamwa from Tennessee, who I think they're in really good shape with, then you know what, maybe it's a good trade-off, especially if you're going to get these guys for one or two years, but, and you're not going to see them develop here like a Musa Diabate. And that's, you know, that's sugarcoating it. And I understand that. Uh, yes, it is a blow. No, it was not something that they wanted to have happen, but here we are. So, but I give them credit, uh, you know, on the, they're out there on the recruiting trail on the portal. They're making some noise there. We saw Trey Jackson coming in as well uh, from Seton Hall, Detroit kid who can provide some shooting at the four. And uh, we'll see who arrives here. Uh, as I've written many times, you know what? They don't get announced until they're official by Michigan. And some guys are going to have hoops to jump through, some guys more than others. And until they are here, you can be damn sure that they're going to be a ton of people are going to throw NIL money at them and that they are. We've seen it with Hunter Dickinson. He's going to go somewhere where he's going to get incredible money 
to spend a couple of years at a Kansas or a Kentucky uh, NIL type, you know, money to, to play there. So right now I don't think Michigan competes with that uh, and their NIL. In fact, I know they don't flat out. So it's going to be, it's tough for these coaches. And I, you know, I do not blame Juwan Howard for that, for this roster stuff. They need more help. They need some people from, to step up uh, to organize in these collectives to care more about than more than just football as well. So I definitely think Hunter Dickinson will be gone and we still don't know what to expect of this roster in the fall. Until we do, we can't really make any predictions. Yeah, it's wild to think that, you know, outside of, I mean, I, I suppose you can project that, uh, you know, Trey Jackson is a four, but can play some small ball five actually wasn't very good doing that mm-hmm. at Seton Hall. So that that's, you, you have to go find one somewhere and, you know, to Juwan Howard and Michigan's credit, they have kind of cast a wide net in the transfer portal. Uh, we've talked about Kamwa a lot. Um, nothing really new to report there other than that they feel good about him. But they've been in on a ton of guys. Uh, there are players like a Matthew Cleveland that uh, you talk about how the directions you can go in building this roster. Are you going to be elite offensively or are you going to be, you know, double down and be better defensively and kind of pull teams down in the mud, so to speak? I think Cleveland would be a, a type of target that would be another lengthy kind of wing defender that uh, could be an asset there. So, you know, uh, I think last time we were on here, we talked about, oh, maybe they're building a team like Brian Dutcher at uh, at San Diego State. Maybe Juwan's taking a page out of his old, uh, his old mentor's book. But uh, in terms of, um, you know, there's been some, some movement on the Dickinson front. I think he had his late, his latest round ball podcast came out today. Uh, said something along the lines of uh, when he met with Kentucky, John Calipari, um, you know, he wouldn't say anything about it. You know, the going, the going theory has been Dickinson is a really good shot to go to Kentucky. If Oscar Shibway moves on um, Hunter Dickinson basically said he gleaned enough from his visit or his meeting with Kentucky to feel comfortable about making an official visit there, I believe this weekend uh, or mm-hmm. the next couple of days. So um he said, you know, take that as what you what you will for what Shibway decides to do. We know that Kansas has kind of taken the approach of they will not be beaten for him. Uh, it seems like the Georgetowns and the Marylands have kind of not cooled off, but we're hearing more about Kentucky and Kansas in recent days, Chris. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise you. That's who we always hear about when it comes to people who are very serious about their basketball and willing to do whatever it takes to land kids. So uh, it's a little more legal now. You know, we, we aren't going to say it's, you know, legal to pay for play, but there are ways around it clearly and people are finding them. So, uh, and I do not blame Hunter Dickinson for going out there and seeing what he's worth. This is a guy who's not going to play in the NBA most likely, uh, or at least not play a very big role. And if he can go out there and make stupid money, in two years in college, then he should probably do that. And I don't think that's going to happen at Michigan. So I'll be very interested to see if he gets out of Kansas without making a commitment. Uh, he might have told people that he's close to, like at Maryland, his coach, Mike Jones, his former high school coach is there. So maybe he said, I promise, or something I won't commit until I talk to you guys or whatever. But I would imagine that Kansas is going to, he's going to go into Kansas and he's going to know when he leaves there that he's not going to get a better deal or a better offer anywhere else. That's just how they operate. So uh, I said weeks ago when Kansas started showing interest that that would probably be a very strong possibility for him. We've heard Georgetown, we've heard seven figures from Georgetown. We've heard, you know, uh, higher than that at, at Kansas. So um, I do know that as of a couple of days ago, the Michigan collective hadn't 
really contacted him or reached out or he hadn't spoken with them. So I think they're at the point where, you know, you kind of throw your hands up and you say, okay, um, it's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take something probably more than we have to offer. Yeah. Well, before we close out here, I mean, I guess we've mentioned Kamwa, we've mentioned Matthew Cleveland. Uh, are there any other targets that, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to update the transfer portal board in the next day or so, but, I guess, are there any other names that we should keep it, uh, be keeping an eye on, Chris? Those are the ones. And you know what? It's a lot of the times they come out of nowhere with Juwan Howard where he's working the back channels and then boom, we haven't heard about a kid being interested. And then the next day he's with them. So Caleb Love kind of fit that bill. But uh, Caleb Love, you know, we'll see if he ends up in Ann Arbor. Um, uh, certainly Michigan fans hope so. You know, this is a kid who has the potential to be outstanding. But again, it's never final until they sign. So um, we'll find out soon enough, and I'm sure, I'm sure, like Matt, with Matthew Cleveland, they are still overturning some stones looking for guys to fill that roster. Well, all right. I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, covered some good ground here. Uh, again, shout out to uh, shout out to Clayton. I don't, I'm not sure what his schedule looks like. I'm not definitely won't be back mon- for Monday's show. We'll see about Thursday, uh, but the two of us will be around regardless. Uh, so shout out to you guys. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, you can uh, leave a five-star review anywhere you get uh, your podcast if you are listening in the feed after the fact. So um, shout out to you, Chris. Shout out to our, our viewers, our listeners. Shout out to producer Megan behind the scenes. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we will talk to you again soon. And hit him straight, Clayton. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.